message, the second message, and how do you follow that? <laughs> that is good. Uh, I have been speaking on covenant. Uh, the covenant that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ is a new covenant, and you are part of it. We came into it through Jesus, and we were talking, we were actually discussing uh, what is in the covenant for us. And there's so much in the covenant for us. You, there's, no, there's no way I'll spend the whole three months talking about different things in the covenant. But uh, we talk, talked about the key things that we needed to know. But now God gave us his word and it's part of his the way he sees this covenant. Psalm 89 verse 34 God says I am the Lord well, he says, the word that has come out of his mouth, this covenant, he will not alter. And he won't alter the words that come out of his mouth. So the covenant is based on the promises that God has given to us. The covenant is established on great promises that God has given to us. And he gave us a lot of promises. If you need anything, go to his promise. That's what the covenant is established on. But what are our own responsibilities with regards to this covenant? What was our part? God has said, He has sworn, He will not alter the words that come out of His mouth. His covenant, He will not break. He won't alter the words that come out of His mouth. But what are our responsibilities in the covenant? If you get in the covenant, the covenant is between God and us, and we have our part. God says, I'll keep my part, but you have responsibilities in this covenant. And what are these co- uh, responsibilities? We can't exhaust them today for a whole week, two weeks, three weeks. We, can, we just look at some key covenant responsibilities. Without which, it's hard for the covenant to work for you. This thing is not a game. This is serious business. This is not just going to church. You are in covenant with the Most High God. He considers you in this covenant His child, part of His family. And you have your responsibility in the family. And you must fulfill your responsibility in the family, within the family. Otherwise, you won't have a lot of peace in this family. So important. When we look into the covenant of God, we have to remember that God initially picked one man, Abraham. So if you want to know how covenant people ought to behave, how covenant people ought to conduct themselves, how they ought to relate to God, then you go to the life of Abraham and check him out and see what God did with him. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, because the Bible says, cursed is everyone that hangs on the, on the tree, that the blessings of Abraham, so he goes back, even in the New Testament, he goes back past the law all the way down to Abraham. Because that's where he begins. That the blessings of Abraham may come upon us, Gentiles, that we may receive the promise of the Spirit. So if you want to know the covenant, go back to Abraham and see what God did. So our responsibilities, key covenant responsibilities. 
not all of them, but very key, the very key ones that you need to know, I need to know, to make this covenant that God is giving to us work for us. First thing, come out from among them and be separate. Come out from among them and be separate. Until that's done, you have no covenant with God. You have to come out. God is not suggesting to you. He's saying this is the way to do it. You know, Abraham is father terror. They lived in Hor. And, and Abraham was satisfied with his family, his wife, half-sister, Sarah. They lived with the fa- their father. It was a family thing. And they were growing in this family. But I believe that Abraham, within the family, started looking up to God. He, they served idols. And they worshipped idols. But Abraham started, he knew, there's got to be a God somewhere. And God spoke to him. How did he recognize? Because he was looking for God. He recognized God's voice. And the first thing God said to him to begin this covenant was, come out from your family. Come out. Leave your father. Leave everybody behind. And separate yourself. Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 to 3. Now the Lord has said to Abraham, get out of your country. From your family. And from your father's house. To a land that I will show you. If you will do that, this will be the result. I will make you a great nation. I know we're not trying to have nations, but for an individual, that's what God is saying. It's the same promise. It's the same way God called Abraham. The same way he called you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing because I've made your name great. You'll be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Notice, Jesus said this, you didn't choose me. I chose you. If you have a heart to receive Christ as your Savior, that's not because you were that smart. You know better than the rest of them. It was God himself that picked you out from the crowd. That's why your heart was soft towards God. Others hear the message, they don't respond. Jesus said, no one can come to me. You don't, you don't have the ability, you don't have the power to go to Jesus for salvation except my heavenly father draws him. So when you, because you've come to Christ, I want you to know what's behind the sin. What you didn't see was going on behind the sin. It was the father himself, God the father, that was drawing you and pointing you to his son. Go to him. You need him. You didn't do that by yourself. He did it. Just as he called Abraham, he called you. But when he calls you, he said, come out from among them. Come out from the world. Come out from the world. You, I want a covenant with you, but I can't do it with you and your family there. I can't do it with you and everyone that's against me. I want you to come out from them, separate yourself. And usually it's a very painful thing. 
But you got to do it if you want a covenant with God. This is a great blessing to be a part of God's family. You have to come out. And God says, I will make your name great if you do it. I'll give you the reward for doing it. So we have to come out. Come out for Abraham was loss of everything. His family, everything he knew. He had to go into the wilderness. God says, come, and he left. He, had, he didn't know where he was going. In the same way, God is calling us. You leave everything and follow him. In the New Testament, Jesus says, if anyone will come after me and will not hate his mother, hate his, hate his father, hate even his own life, he cannot be my disciples. Say, he cannot be my disciple. He's not saying you hate your father. Literally. He's not saying you hate your mother or your brother or your sister. He's saying if those people will cause you a problem, you cut it out. Cut them off. Come out. You remember what he said? If your right hand offends you, what does he say? Cut it out. He's not saying cut your right hand out. Otherwise we will have all one left-handed Christians coming to church, you know. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but he's saying, come out. Don't be a part of what's happening there. Separate yourself. You have to separate yourself. In Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 and 18, it says, Therefore, come out from among them, from among the world. What they're doing in the world, the sinful practices. He's not saying get out of the world. He said come out from what they're doing in the world. That's not going to be part of your life. Come out from among them and be separate. Says the Lord, do not touch the unclean thing. Do not touch what is unclean. Don't touch it. And I will receive you. You see, it's not everyone that comes to the Lord that he receives. Jesus said, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord. They are saying it to him, Lord, Lord. He says, not all of them will make it. But the one who does the will of my father. Come out from among them and be separate. Separate yourself. Don't touch the unclean thing. Some people have books that are unclean. They won't let them go. Some people spend time worshipping before their computer viewing stuff don't touch the unclean thing he's not like that's this yes i know we're not perfect but if you are willing god is able to deliver you but if you are not willing he'll let you be but he will not be your god let me finish that scripture it's good to finish that scripture he says if you if you do that you don't touch John Clinton I will receive you and I will be a father to you I'm telling you until you let go you will never experience the fatherhood of God you won't experience it you just know him you won't experience it he says I will receive you then I will receive you and I will be a father to you I will be your God he knows he's the God of the whole world, but he's not everybody's God. He doesn't consider himself everybody's God. <laughs> he is the God. We all consider him the God of our but he says, if when you separate yourself, I will be a father to you. 
and you shall be my sons and daughters. Says the Lord Almighty. You will become sons of God. He will become your God. And you will be his child. He is still God to the rest of the world, but they will never know him as God. This good God, they will know him. And when they see him, they see him the only way they should see him, because they didn't know him in the right way. We have to separate ourselves. You see, holiness is a must. Holiness is a must. We ought to live holy. There are a lot of Christians going around and saying, I have the righteousness of Christ. If you have the righteousness of Christ, how come you are sleeping with somebody you're not married to? How come you can't tell the truth? You got the righteousness of Christ, but you lie. There's no difference between you and the rest of the world. If you read in that scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, it says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. The Christian says, it doesn't matter. I'll go out and I'll win them to the Lord. I'll marry them, bring them to church and get them converted. It never happens. They'll get you converted to the other side. That's the way that scripture says, he's unequally yoked with unbelievers. Don't get too intimate in anything with unbelievers. It's a command from the Lord. He says, that's why God said, be separate. And don't touch these unclean things. That's what's happening in the church. People are doing whatever they like today. They have no fear. They are doing whatever they like. They, do, they serve God when they want to serve God. When it's not convenient, they don't care. But it's not everyone that calls him Lord, Lord. will make it. You have to totally surrender. You know, Jesus was saying this prayer. He said in John John chapter uh, 17, verse 9. He says, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world. I pray for only those that you have given to me. Because they are yours. That's an amazing thing. Jesus is not praying for the world. You know, Jesus is still praying today. And if you are a part of the world, you have no benefit from his prayer. If you decide to love the world more than you love God, you have no benefit in his prayer. He says, I do not pray for the world. I only pray for those that you have given to me. And in verse 15, he says, I do not pray that you take them out of the world. Those that you have given to me, I'm not asking you to take them from the world. I'm only asking that you keep them from the evil one. You see, there is an evil one out there. You can imagine this is the Son of God that's praying that God will keep you from the evil one. There is a a being that is so evil that Jesus, the Son of God, has to pray to his Father before going to the cross. He says, I'm about to leave. I'm going to die for them. But I want you to keep them from this evil one. Now, if you give yourself to the evil one, you're dumb. He'll kill you. And the way the evil one gets to you is to make you believe a lie and you begin to sin. People justify their wrongdoing. Sometimes they know, they use the scriptures to justify the things that they want to do. 
And they won't listen. No matter what you tell them, they won't listen. They know enough scriptures to damn them, to damn themselves. To destroy themselves. Enough to kill themselves. They won't listen. We are in the last days, believe me. People don't want to serve God anymore. They only serve God when it's convenient. But look, that's not the way it's going to go. Jesus said, don't give yourself. I pray that they don't. The evil one doesn't get to them. Look at what he says in 1 John 5 verse 18. He says, we know that whoever is born of God does not commit sin. And that's very rough. Whoever is born of God does not sin. Well, we are not perfect. We say that a lot, right? We are not perfect. For some, I understand what they mean. But for others, it's just an excuse to continue to do what they are doing. They don't want to change. And guess what? He knows it. He knows it. I don't use that that word very much. I use it when I'm talking to the Lord. (laughs) You understand? When I'm talking to Him, I let Him know I'm just a man, but I need your help. Because He has poured out abundance of grace. You can get away from doing anything that you don't like. Anything that's evil. If you don't like it, God will give you grace to separate yourself from it. But if you don't want to, He won't take it away from you. He'll let you be. The Bible says He has given us abundance of grace. He is called the Savior. The Savior from what? He came to save us from our sins. Period. You can't save yourself, but He'll save you. If you let Him, then He'll save you. But if you excuse your sin, He won't save you. He'll let you be. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, He says, Today, if you will hear His voice, don't harden your heart. As in the days of provocation, when they provoked Him in the wilderness. That's Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, verse, verse 15 again. God says, Today, as it is said, as it is said, written, he says, as he said then, again, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. You, you know what that means? It's possible for a Christian to harden his heart, or her heart. You just do it by saying no, and he'll let you be. Guess what happens? Your heart becomes hardened. And slowly but surely, you are becoming a prodigal one. And you know, the father will really allow you to go. Just as, you know, we have in the story of the prodigal son. He will let you go. He will let you eat with pigs if you want. He'll be home waiting for you. It's hard, it's hard, but you're going to destroy yourself. Christians are justifying things today. They justify, you know, people who call themselves Christians. Living together. I know we don't have them here, right? They're living together as if they're husband and wife. They argue about stuff. It doesn't hurt me. I was in Georgia and I saw this guy, you know, he was viewing, you know, this every evening he's watching this pornography because they had a big cable thing. And uh, I, I passed by and I see him. So one day I went to him and I said, Brother, why, 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 how can you sit here and watch this stuff? He says he's a very strong Christian. 
I'm very strong. These things don't bother me. I said, I said, boy, I like to have your Christianity, boy, it's wrong. Because if I spend some time, it's going to whip, that thing will whip me. I can't handle it much. He says, oh, brother, you are just the weak, I was the weak Christian. Those things bother your conscience, but he is tough. He's, his heart is so hard, he doesn't even recognize it. He doesn't recognize it. That's not a place to be. You can't have a covenant with God. Abraham separated himself to his God. At a stage he says, I don't want anyone to say, I, you, uh, I made Abraham rich. He didn't want nothing to do with anybody in the world. It's got to be God, God and God himself. Nobody else. That's what God wants. That's what puts us in covenant with God. That's when the covenant will work for you. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. But he who has been born of God keeps himself. He who has been born of God keeps himself. And the wicked one does not touch him. See, Jesus prayed, he says, keep them from the evil one. If you are a Christian, it's your responsibility to keep yourself so that the evil one will not touch you. If you go to his camp and receive things from his camp, if you go and unite yourself with his children, you will receive the stuff of his children and he will tell the father, he has my stuff and I got a right to walk with him. And father will say, you do, go. Yes? He is called the accuser of the brethren. When you've entered into his camp and have done something wrong, you're living with somebody you shouldn't be living with, you're not married or you're doing all kinds of crazy stuff in secret, and you're hiding it, you're hiding it from people, where God sees it. And guess who else sees it? The devil sees it. And he's going to send you a few of his servants. Take care of him. He's now part of our camp. He loves us. He loves our goods. So give him some more so he can enjoy. Before long you're in bondage. Samson was a servant of God. A covenant man of God. Very strong man. When the devil was through with him, he lost his eyes. Both of them. So if you think you're strong, be careful. Solomon was a very wise king. God gave him wisdom. But he decided to go his own way. Guess what brought him down? His own ways. If you think you're really smart, think about Solomon. Now, if you think you are very spiritual, and you can write Psalms, and you can't fall, think about David. You're not that spiritual.
Holiness is a must. There's got to be a difference in your life. There's got to be a difference between you and the man who doesn't know Christ. When they can tell the difference by the way you live, possibly the fruit is telling us you're not part of him. Jesus said, by their fruit, you will know them. I don't have to know whether you believe in the Lord, you have accepted Christ. I can tell by the way you live. And even if you know him and you are not following him, he's not part of your life. This is real. This is the truth. He died and poured his blood out for us. You can't do it by yourself, but if you submit to him, he'll help you. And the Bible tells us, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19, if you are willing and obedient, you have to be willing. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. Today, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your heart. That's in the New Testament, my friend. You can harden your heart. Verse 15, chapter 3. If you will hear his voice, God says again, do not harden your heart. As in the days of provocation, when they provoked him in the wilderness. Chapter 4, Hebrews, verse 7. God repeats himself again. Today, as it is called today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Who is going to harden his heart? You can do it. And then God will let it be. Don't love the world. Or the things in the world. For anyone who has the love of the world in him or her, the love of the Father is not there. For the lust of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, they are not of God. They are of the world. And the Bible says, and the world is passing away. And the lost thereof. So if you are part of the world with the lost, the world will pass away with the lost and with you as well. But those that trust in the Lord will abide forever. Don't love the world. The lust of the flesh, the desires the flesh wants so much, and then the lust of the eyes. All of these things. Holiness is so important. I'd like to go to a scripture here. Uh, please help me. First Corinthians chapter 10. You know, today people justify a lot of stuff. I, I see Christians just acting up and, and, and they justify it. They say, it doesn't matter. Have you heard that? It doesn't matter. They believe that because you have accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, you are going to make it to heaven. But the Bible says, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will make it. He who thinks he stands, let him take heed, lest he falls. First Corinthians chapter 10. Let me read this scripture beginning from verse 1. 
Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. I don't want you to be ignorant of this thing. It's so important. That all our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea. He's referring to the children of Israel because when you are a child of God, a covenant child, you still have to come out. The children of Israel came out and they went through the Red Sea and God was calling them to their promised land, which is our heaven. We're getting there. We're going there. They were all under the cloud. And they passed through the sea that God divided. They saw the miracle. It says, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All of them ate the same spiritual food. The word of God in church. (laughs) You were in church on Sunday. You heard the word. You ate the same spiritual food. All of them ate the same spiritual food. Notice the emphasis. Same spiritual food. All of them in the, in the cloud. And all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ himself. In other words, Jesus in the form of a rock in the Old Testament was following them in the wilderness. And he was producing water for them. And they were drinking miracle water from Christ himself. Who was the rock that followed them in the wilderness. What greater miracle do you want? Look at verse 5. But with most of them, how many of them? Most of them, God was not well pleased. He was pleased with them somewhat. But he was not well pleased with most of them. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. So that was God destroyed them in the wilderness. Now I wonder, why is he telling us this in the New Testament if this has nothing to bear with our, with, our, with our lives today? If it has nothing to do with us today, why would he tell us this? He's saying, I don't want you to be unaware. Don't deceive yourself. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, he will reap. You can't do it by yourself. But if you submit to God, if you are willing, God will make you obedient. It begins with willingness. If you are willing to accept Christ, holding nothing back. That's what's wrong with Christians. They still hold certain things back from God. They won't go all the way. They want to leave, but they are not living all the way. God says, leave everything and be separate. So when it's all over, your riches, your health, everything, your life is all from me. I made the provision for you. That's what he wants in this covenant. God was not pleased with all of them. Now look at verse 6. Now these things became our examples. Why? God says, I want you to, I want you to go back and see. This is the way God operates. This is our example. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters as were, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. See, Christianity is not, we're supposed to have fun. 
But if that's occupying your life for the most part, something is not right. God has to be number one. They rose up to play. Verse 8. Now let us, or no, let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. They were human beings just like the rest of us. Human beings like the rest of us. And here, because we think we are believers now, we can do whatever we like. You can have a girlfriend or a boyfriend, you're not married to them, and you can sleep with them and don't care. God, the grace of God is God. God will come forgive us. So we'll just go ahead and have this little fun. We know we'll confess later. You're kidding yourself. It doesn't work that way. You go that route because you can confess later. Guess what happened? You confess, but your heart has been hardened. Before long, you won't confess anymore. You're already away, and you justify it. You ju- just like the f- my friend who was watching pornography, he justified it. It's a strange thing. Now, you can't believe it. A man sitting down and justifying that it's okay for me to watch something like that. Where did, how did he get there? He didn't start one day. He felt bad before, but now he doesn't even feel bad. He doesn't even care if his Christian brother is watching him doing that. He doesn't care anymore. This thing is, is a serious business. You got the grace. God has given you the grace. And you can live. That's why he holds us responsible. Because you have the grace. Rule to God today, everyone that's hearing my voice. You make a serious commitment to God that you are going to be separate. You'll not be like the rest of them. Because he created you for his own glory. And living like that is not going to glorify him. The world will see it and blaspheme your father. And it's because of you. The way you're living your life. Grace is not cheap. Grace is not cheap. Believe me. He cost the life of God himself. So you cannot do what you please. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says you are not your own. You, you don't belong to yourself. You are bought with a price. So you cannot do what you please. You do what the master please. And if you do what you please, you got in another camp. And look, you can argue with me, but you won't argue with the devil. He knows you belong to him. Go and argue with him. We can't play games with this. And I told myself, it's been 33 years for me since I came to Christ. Why should I be acting stupid? And justify this, justifying this crazy stuff that people matter? What Jesus died for doesn't matter. You can live the way you like. Because we want a church so we can come together and feel good. He's feeling good. The goal for Christians, feeling good. And looking at miracles. Yes, I want miracles. I want feel good. But you have to live for God. You have to live right. That's the first thing. Because he came to save us from our sins. That's number one. Before we see the miracles. Before we see the prosperity. All of that stuff. This comes first. You shall know them by their fruit. If you give in to anger and you're so angry, you, you punch the wall. I'm just getting rid of my frustration. You need deliverance. You are not getting rid of any frustration. That demon is still there. And God will deliver you. All you need is willingness. I can say this because I know scriptures that can help you free yourself if you want to. 
Sin shall not have dominion over you. You are not a slave. Some stupid thing making you punch. I mean, it's not normal to punch the wall because you're so angry. That's not you. You are a child of God. God's spirit lives inside of you. You shouldn't be so angry. You can't control yourself. If you heard that of Jesus, how would you feel? Somebody made him so mad, he started punching the wall. Well, I'm, I'm Hispanic. I'm red-blooded. So I get angry. It's a lie. We have to live right for God. Hebrews chapter 12, 14 through 16, it says, Pursue peace with all people. And holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. No one will see the Lord. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Not the Lord's holiness, your own holiness that you developed because of His righteousness in you. Without that, no one will see the Lord. He says, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. You know what that says? You can fall short of God's grace in your life. Because you allowed it. You can fall short. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. You see, people who are unwilling to forgive. They are believers, they hold on forgiveness for years. Something that their mother or their father did to them years back. They are still holding it against them till today. And they blame them. And they forget the things that they themselves are doing. They are blaming the other person. Why don't you take the log from your eyes first? Take that plank from your eyes. But when you forgive, you take the plank off. And then you can see. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau who for a muzzle of food sold his birthright. You know, just for just a, a, a short time of pleasure you sell your birthright. Young girls, young guys give up their virginity for only one moment. Are you selling your birthright? We have to live holy before our God. We have to live a holy life. If you are a Christian, commit today. If you are not a Christian, become one today. Because there is judgment day coming. This is the only way you can live a right life. Through Christ helping you. And His help is great. He said He will help you all the way to the end. This is the first thing for the covenant. We have to come out. And be separate. First John, and I will stop with this scripture here. He says in verse 7, chapter 3, verse 7. Little children, let no one deceive you. Amen. Let no one deceive you. I will say that again. Little children, that's God speaking to us. Let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. 
If you are not practicing righteousness, you are not righteous. You can claim the righteousness of God all you want. But if you are not practicing righteousness, God knows you are not righteous. Let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. Just as God is righteous. Amen. Because your righteousness is in you. His righteousness is in you. And you can practice it. You let it out of you. Sin will not have dominion over you. He who sins is of the devil. That means if you practice sin, you, are, you can claim all you want as a child of God. That you're a child of God. God says you are a child of the devil. You can go argue with him. Just because you say you are not a child of the devil doesn't change what God said. You're acting it. We see it in your life. But you can change that today. You can change that today by just accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. And become a child of God. We have only two families in the world. The family of God and the family of the devil. We're not talking about race here. Two families. As far as God is concerned, He only sees two races on the earth. The race of God and the devil's race. Two, two. If you don't belong to His family, guess what? You are on the other side. Claim all you want that you are in his family. You're kidding yourself. He doesn't know you. You can make that right. And if you're a Christian, you've been born again. The fire is gone out of your life. You need to get back with your God. Today is that day. You need to put through everything aside. You need to cry out like Isaiah did. Woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell among these brethren. Their lips are all unclean. And God said, now he he knows the truth. Take fire from the altar. A coal. Put it on his lips. And after the, the fire touched his lips, Isaiah's eyes were opened. And he heard the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? God was saying it all along. He couldn't hear it. But as soon as his sins were paused, the angel says, your sins are now paused. Then he said, then I heard the voice of the Lord. Where before, all he heard was the voice of the angels crying, holy, holy, holy. Now he could hear the master saying, whom shall I send? Amen. Do you want God to use you? You got to let go of it. You can't live with those with unclean lips. Come out from among them. And be separate. After you have been separated, like Isaiah, you can go back and talk to, talk to those others that with unclean lips. And show them how to have clean lips. Amen. Today is your day. Today is your day. I am committed. I want to live right before God. This is not about being a pastor. I want to, go to, I want to be with God. I want Him to be happy with me. But you have to make that commitment. If you're here and you know that everything is not right and you want to make a commitment, there is grace at the altar this morning. Because God washes over his word and he confirms his word. There is grace right here this morning. You can receive abundance of grace 
as the scripture says. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. He says, come into his presence with boldness that you may find grace and help. That you might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Today is a time for us. We need to repent. The word is very clear. We need to turn around and say, I'm not going that way anymore. And if you are that person and you, you, you want to totally commit to God, no looking back, not right, not to the right or to the left, you want to go all the way with Christ. I'd like you to come and join me here. Please stand up. I'd like you to come and join me here. We make a commitment to our God here today. I'd like you to keep walking down. Come on. Come on. Meet me right here. You're making a total commitment to God. You're not holding back anything. You're going to live for Him. I'd like you to join me here. Sometimes people are so scared of people. That's your problem. You are afraid of what people think. You cannot be afraid of what people think. And you know you are hurting inside in the secret. That's wrong. And God knows your heart. You need to get things right. And live for God the right way. It's not just for an altar call. I need God's grace. That's what we're doing this morning. I need God's grace. I need God in my life. I want to live God. I want to go all the way. I'm going to stop all the stupid stuff that I've been doing. You know the Bible says, if you are not hot and you are not cold, God says, I don't, I'll get rid of you. I'll spew you out of my mouth. When if you're out of his mouth, you're no longer part of him. We need to commit to him totally. It's so important. I have decided from my heart, I'm going to serve this God all the way. And I'm already praying for my children constantly. They are not going to serve the devil, not one day. That's my prayer. Not a single day. That single day is not permitted. The devil will not see my children doing anything with him. All the days of their life. That's my prayer. They have their own choice to make, but this is my choice. God gave me that right, and I've prayed it over them. And God will honor it. Those who honor me, I will honor. My kids will serve God. I want you to do the same for your children. Do the same for your children. Declare. Tell God. Tell the enemy. My children will not serve you. All the days of their lives, no way. I will not. My children will not. When you make that commitment, God will protect you and your family. You know, the Bible says everything that we commit to Him, He is able to keep until that day. He is able to keep. That's what we're doing this morning. We're committing to Him. Totally. Saying, God, I want you to take over my life. I'm committing everything. And I want you to keep it. I'm not going to take it back. From this day till the very end, I'm going to go with you, Lord. And let's stay with it. Let's stay with it. We have a good God. He will always remind you. Son, daughter, you made a commitment to me. I'm now your father. I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. I love every one of you this morning. I'm not preaching to condemn anybody. My desire is for God to work in your life. And make you great. And stop the enemy from stealing from you. To destroy your life. That's, that's all I'm after. I'm not getting good points. I want men and women of God. That will serve him. Amen. And the Lord is with us. And because you have come down this morning. 
because you have honored the Lord, guess what? He says, those who honor me, I will honor. He will honor you in the name of Jesus. God will put his honor upon you. And I'm praying over you right now. God will put his honor over your life. And everything that's come against you today is broken in the name of Jesus. Everything that's hindered your life today is broken in the name of Jesus. Everything that the enemy has brought into your life that is God. Today they have been taken away by the power of the Holy Spirit. They are out of your life because God is with you. If God is with you, no one can be against you. God is in your life. Let's commit to Him. Say, Father, Father, I commit my life life totally totally to you. you. I will obey you. I will will serve you. I will do what you please. I will will love you with all of my heart. And I will love my brother and my sister in Christ fervently as you have commanded in Jesus name Amen God bless you